How you doing, Jill? Good. Fantastic. We're back from break on the Features Now podcast where we discuss business, innovation, technology, uh, and the future landscape uh, of business. We're here with Jill Smith, the CFO of... Safen Group. Safen Group. I was trying to pronounce it correctly. I didn't want to mess it up on the air. Yes, we're here with Jill Safen Group. Um, uh, she, she's doing some big things in the billing and invoice and accounts receivable and debt collections uh, agency, a, a disruptor in the industry, as they would say. Um, we were just wrapping up a conversation on, uh, you know, what motivates us, why we do what we do, uh, you know, and, and how that, that leads to, you know, building a better business. So you, we had we had finished just as far as the story, and so um, I wanted to go ahead and kind of tell you the story of how Safe and Group kind of came to be, because it it started a long time ago, and then it was one of those like aha moments. So um, I run a um, service for. There you go. I had run a service where we. Um, where we worked with contractors and helped them get paid. And oftentimes my my clients, I should say oftentimes, there were a few times where my clients wouldn't pay me. And so this was probably five, six years ago. And I was working with a collection company. And I had I decided to turn my clients over to collections. And it wasn't like we just suddenly decided, like, they're late, here you go. Like, we had a whole process. Again, if you've been listening, I'm all about processes. So we would send invoices. We would send statements. We would send reminders. We would make phone calls. We would actually mail paper to them, like, in the mail. Like, hey, you owe me money with a stamp on it that said, past due. Like, red stamp. I bought a red stamp that said, past due. And, um, <laughs> like, no joke. Like, yeah. we, this is the process. Like, we want to get paid. And... And they still like would just ignore us or they'd just like fall off the deep end. And oftentimes this wasn't like a huge balance. Um, we're not talking thousands and thousands of dollars. Usually it was anywhere between 300 to about 800 or 900 bucks. So um, in the grand scheme of things, it was like we need to get paid. But it wasn't like, you know, no one's going to eat. Like my kids aren't going to eat dinner. Um, and so I would turn these accounts over to my collection company. And this is the part that was hard for me my collection company would probably make one phone call or send one email and I like as soon as I turned my accounts over to collections my phone would start ringing and my clients would be calling me and they would be like oh my goodness like it looks like I owe you money like this collection company contacted me and said that I have to pay you so I'm calling you to pay you and oh, it, yeah right so it was this love-hate relationship I loved that my phone started ringing I hated that it was so easy for my collection company because I still owed them the percentage right like they it was a 30% was their contingency rate, which is as average. You know what I mean? That's like the national that's average. That's standard, right? I didn't want to it, like dive into the whole story of collections because I know you do a better job than I of painting the picture, so definitely. Yeah, that's totally industry standard, and that's the way the industry works. Like, that's that's the way it happens. And so, um, but it was this love-hate relationship. Like, I loved that I was getting paid. I hated that it was so easy, that as soon as I sent them over, and um, funny, I had one account that somehow got submitted to collections, and it shouldn't have, but because it was so low, it was $22. This woman owed me $22 from like six months, for six months. And somehow, like her account got submitted to collections, which I'm sorry, that's like really, that's really dumb, right? And she well, no, calls. I, I mean, I'm different. I'm, I'm a <laughs> every dollar counts. And I know the whole debt collections process, how to sell debt, all those things uh, are definitely important as you scale. I mean, even Amazon, right? You buy something from Amazon, you cancel your card, you don't pay them. They will send you to collections. And then it's a big, scary monster, right? You get the letter in the mail. 
you know, as a business, you're like, oh, I don't want to mess up my business credit. Let me pay this person. Whereas before, you're just billing and invoicing, you know, maybe sending email messages or what have you. And they, they might not take it too seriously. It's not high on their list of priorities on things that need to get paid. So I think no, no, told, that, yeah. that's totally true. But this woman, she called me and she was like, I can't believe you sent me to collections for $22. And I was like, I can't believe you didn't pay $22. I can't believe you didn't pay me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's really I was like, really? You didn't you didn't pay your twenty-two dollar invoice anyways, but so so that was my experience with collections and that was as as I had this other business and eventually I sold this the the business that I had and it got to this point where I was ready to start something new and I realized that collections there had to be an easier way. And that's how we kind of came up with this concept of pre-collections where we come in and we work with our clients we charge them a flat rate and we send a series of demand letters just like you said like you get those letters in the mail and you're like oh my goodness what is this like we got it like suddenly this just got serious but our 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 pre-collection service is just an automated letters are being sent out I don't have to pay people to be on the phones or to send emails and it literally is just super easy and super cheap and so we can charge a really low rate so it's thirteen dollars that we charge per account which is unheard of in the collection industry, but yet we can do this and really get amazing results for our clients. And um, and that's kind of how, this, so that's the story of how I was like, I, there's gotta be a better way. Uh, and when I realized that not all collection agencies did something like this or that this was a thing, I realized that we were gonna be coming in here and just really kind of, um, exploding it. Do you know what I mean? Like like this oh, is gonna yeah. be like everyone I've talked to so many people and they're like, I've never heard of that. Like that's a thing. And I was like, yeah, this is a thing. Like you can do this. And, and they'll it needs to be done. I love that you guys are being proactive because yeah, like you said, a lot of times we'll wait, right? We'll wait to, I think thirty to sixty days for the invoice not to get paid. And then we'll just reach out to the collection agency and we'll move on. You know, move on from there, and we'll eat the thirty. You know, the thirty percent. We'll just eat that, right? We're like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just take that. You know, whatever. I'll do my taxes. But there's a way to be proactive about the entire situation and how to automate the process, how to link up with innovative companies, and that's where the term disruptor came from, right? Just because right. it's been done the same, I that that whole mentality, like, oh, it's always been done this way, so this is why we do it, is wrong for one and for two. In 2018, moving forward, we're really going to start to see that narrative shift and companies like yourself and the safe on group are really going to explode you know keep going on and, and and be those disruptors as the trending term is said because you're doing something that needs to be done to help businesses succeed and, and and maintain longevity because a lot of times i work with startups right they get you know 30 million dollars in funding right they get the vcs they do all the paperwork right their team is built they look good everything all those really hard checks in the boxes they work to get done they get paid from the VCs, and then they they launch a product or service or a software application tool, a widget. Let's call it a widget. They launch the widget. Their goal is to reach a wide, you know, wide audience, 100,000 users. Well, they reach 100,000 users, and they start the billing and invoicing process. And let's say 60% of those people do not pay them. Their business is going to go under, right? It's just a matter of time. You cannot spend more money than you make. I don't care what business you are. Uh, well, let's take let's take that scenario and kind of back I mean just here's the thing you have the VCs you have the sales team you have the billing you're you know <clears throat> you sell 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 right but you didn't spend the time to put together the back end like what are, how are we going to get paid 
Like how many people, what's our, what's our loss ratio? What do we actually anticipate? Most people are going to pay us, but these people aren't. What are we going to do with that? Like if you go running full, full bore down this, down this path and yet you haven't thought about how to actually get money in the bank, you realize that a sale is just charity unless you've been paid for it. Oh, I love that. We've spoke to that before. Sale is just charity. Dig, dig, dig into that, please. <laughs> Say that again and, and dig into that so our audience can really, really, you know, put their mind around that. Okay, so when we when we think about selling, like the most important department in your company, and I say department, and a department might be, you know, Saturday night when you sit down and do this. It might not be a whole department. You might be a small business. You might be, and small business is like one guy, a solo entrepreneur, solo entrepreneur. I don't know so, how to say that. So, solo entrepreneur. They come up with some interesting go. terms, but yes. And then a small business could be like 20, right? 30, 50. I think anything under 50 is considered a small business as far as employees. So your most important department in your whole organization is your accounting and your accounts receivable, the department that actually receives the money, takes the money in. Because if you can sell all day long, I can go out and I can sell, I can sell, I can sell, right? And if I don't have cash coming in the door, if money isn't coming in because of those sales, then I'm just being really nice. I'm being very charitable. I'm giving away a whole lot of really great stuff if cash does not come in. Now, I'm talking, when I say this, I'm talking about a, a credit to cash. So credit to cash means that you're giving somebody some sort of terms. You're providing a product or services, a product or service, and you're giving them some sort of a term to pay you whether that's they pay you in 10 days, they pay you in 30 days, that sort of thing. So that is a credit to cash. They owe you money, right? It's a credit that they owe you. Like they're, they, they are in debt to you. They owe you the money and you need to turn that into cash. My, my biggest advice to companies is that when you are starting a business, if at all possible that you can get paid up front and in full, before you're providing services or before you're providing a product, that is always the way to go. That's always now best. That's, yes. that's always best. Now, it's never, it's not always doable. Like sometimes, depending on the industry standard and where you're at and what you're doing, like nobody's going to do that because it's not a thing. But, um, but if you can be in an industry where you can get paid up front and in full, then you take it and you run with it. Um, if not, if you're in an industry where getting paid in full is, is just not the way the industry runs, well, then what can you do to get some money in up front? Can you have them pay you some sort of a deposit? Can you, you know what I mean? Can you set up some sort of payment terms where they're paying you on a monthly basis or subscription basis? Like what product or service can you offer them on a subscription type basis where you're going to have that cash coming in every single month? And don't roll your eyes. Like, don't think like, oh, that won't work for my industry. Like, like ponder it. Like, like what services are you offering? How could your client, what, what additional value could you add, give to your client on a subscription basis, right? Like, what, how can you make money on your clients every single month? And is it doable? And is that a, a service can, or a product yeah, you want to start can you put it in the, and, and can you put you know, the machine in place where it's happening on time, on a set time, right? A lot of times. Oh, yeah. Oh, I automate. Yes. You automate it. Yes. <laughs> yes. You got to. You got to automate it. You got to make sure, okay, on this date, this is how much money is coming in. This is how much money is coming out. You know, these are our revenues, so profits, so forth and so on. I love everything you just said because you're right. You, you sell, 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 sell. 
And if you're selling services, you know, you know, the, you know, people listening, you know, the back end, you know, you got to bill 30 to 45 days or what have you, or, or sometimes maybe you only charge 60% of the IT project up front. And then that other 40% is spread out over your terms. Right. So auto, mm-hmm. automate and set that process up. So you're actually getting cash in. I, I work with a lot of businesses. They have grand, great ideas, great ideas. And they, they really don't have a ceiling for how, how far they can go but they don't have the foundation set in place where all their hard work and effort for selling, they're not getting that cash coming back in. You know, I see, I see the books and I see a lot of money going out the door and I see a lot of open invoices and I see, you know, and, and I have to ask the question, like, where's the cash at? Cash is king in today's market. And like you said, unless you're selling a product uh, that you can get paid cash in hand up front, like an online e-commerce store, uh, even then that kind of, you know, we can talk about credit credit cards and all that stuff and get into that machine but really right unless you got a restaurant something where you're you're selling something and they exchange cash uh right then and there there's no billing and invoicing that's the best type of business model and then as you grow you do need to in- include services right so you can bill and invoicing that also is a whole different monster and business that you want to get into uh so with that working with the saffron group working with smart people working with people like jill that understand this back-end process on how to get companies paid and how you can actually use that cash to move forward and grow is very key in today's market uh i I just don't like seeing these larger you know guys that get that get this back in you know they push for it they work really hard and then at the end of the month you know they're they're sitting with their head down and it's because well you you didn't think about and maybe this is because, you know, like you say, we're serial entrepreneurs and we kind of learned and navigated these lessons over the years. And the person that startup that's just getting, you know, just launching, just getting forward and they're just really hungry and really excited. You guys need to sit down and think about how you're going to get paid and what you're going to do, how that payment process is going to work. And I really, like I said, I can't talk enough about the Safe Farm Group and what, the, what they're doing, what Jill's doing over there. And, um, you know, small business, right? Technically, a rural IT is a small business. Um, but that has nothing to do with how much revenue you generate. That just has to do with the size of your team. And using automation, you can keep a small team. You can keep a low cost of overhead while, you know, getting your name brand out there, recognizing, growing, and, and having, a, you know, being able to touch a large audience using the Internet. I think it's important uh, moving forward. Those are the companies that we're going to see win. I mean, everybody's heard the narrative about Amazon and Uber and airbnb right these guys really don't own anything they don't own cars they don't own hotels uh they don't own large uh uh, you know retail stores but they're dominating the industry right now and it's because early on they adapted automation right now and yeah they adapted automation hello hello good morning it is February 20th, 2018, and we're here live on the Future Is Now podcast, powered by Aurora IT and Anchor Radio, now streamed on Apple Music and other platforms uh, that stream podcasts. Uh, you can check us out at Aurora Infotech on all social media platforms. That again, that is at Aurora Infotech on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, we're just going to jump right into this day. For our new listeners, the Features Now podcast is where we discuss business, innovation, um, you know, industry insight, uh, you know, a little bit of futurism. We discuss 
what's going to go down in 2018 as far as uh, business, technology, and how to integrate those two things and, and you know, help better your business, better your brand. And then for those that are looking to get into business, we go over good strategies, uh, connections with other businesses to help get started. Um, we actually have a special guest with us today, so I'm going to turn it over to her to introduce herself. And um, if I haven't said this before, the Futures Now podcast is part of a year-long series that we're doing. Again, it's powered by Aurora IT and Anchor Radio and streaming live on Apple Music. Who, who do we have with us today? This is Jill Smith. I'm super excited to be part of this. Thank you so much for having us, uh, Jill. So, so for our listeners, um, you know, who, who are you a little bit? What do you do? Um, job title and then the company that you represent, because I really want to talk about that and, uh, you know, what you guys are offering. And uh, I, I really think you have some smart solutions over there. So, um, Jill Smith, I am a, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've actually owned and sold and started up and worked in multiple businesses, whether that's um, going into working consulting or business development or helping out contractors. Um, construction contractors and right now actually what I'm doing is I'm working in the collection field which is um, interesting because people tell me I'm too nice to be a collector um, which is probably true but um, <laughs> but what we do is we're, we're a little bit different so I work with safe in group let me I guess I should start off with my business name right so right, safe, right? right? I, people don't know like you're the CFO uh, That's a, yeah entrepreneurship women and entrepreneurs you know minorities we like to paint the narrative a little bit different from what you see in mainstream media so you know as an executive reaching out to another executive you know i'd like to share that story how there are a lot of successful you know female executives that are doing big things in the space no you're you're, you're exactly right and usually titles to me aren't as um i i, <laughs> I mean yeah, have- right like <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so yes, I'm the CFO of Safen Group. We are actually taking, uh, we're disrupting the collection industry. So we realized really early on in our, as we were growing our businesses, that there was a problem with collections. Um, collections has always been, as long as, when it comes to small and medium businesses, it's always been this pay a percentage on, on results. And the hard part about that is that if you're paying commission on the results that are being done, then the results only happen to those large dollar amounts or those large balances. And so we were having a problem with, you know, basically only getting paid if our balances were large compared to the collection agents we were working with. And, um, and so that was difficult. And we understood real quick that there had to be a better way. And so that's what we do now. We actually have a service where we provide collections and we don't charge a commission at all on what's collected. Um, people ask us, what? how do we make money then? And it's actually really simple. We have a super simple automated, I mean, it's simple now. Putting the system together, was oh, it? Oh, yeah, automation, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm so glad you, you started to, to speak to that and go into that. So it, it's simple to the end user, but us, the companies that have built it and, you know, tried and erred and got the automation going on, yeah, that does take time. No, and so, but but now the process is is right on, super simple, um, and it's a series of letters that get sent out, demand letters that get sent to the debtors, and it gets sent to everybody, whether that's the five hundred dollar balance or the fifty thousand dollar balance. And so that's what we're doing. It's a flat rate, thirteen dollars per account, and we're able to collect a whole lot of money for our clients without charging without charging a commission. So, um, it 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 essentially is putting all the money that's collected back into our clients' pockets. 
And uh, that's really what our goal is, is really to just kind of help businesses increase their cash flow. Because, I mean, you've heard the statistic, how many percent is like, like 80% of businesses will fail in the first five years or 70%? I mean, it's a huge statistic. Yeah, it's With, huge. 90, 99%. It, you know, it depends on who you, on who you go to. They kind of were taking it to the, you know, this is something that wasn't being done. And, and all of those, all of the cases that you just said, it, they are totally disruptor to a, a service that everyone is like, this is the way things are. It's always, this is the way that things always had been. You go get a hotel, you go get a hotel, right? You get a taxi, you go get a taxi. When it comes to like, there's got to be a different way that we can do this. Um, like, think outside the box. I mean, bring, bring in somebody to just say, hey, I want to brainstorm ideas. I, I want to come up with how I'm going to do this differently. And and don't feel like we have to become the next Airbnb. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't necessarily want to be the next Uber, right? Right. Like, I, like that, that's, there's, I mean, I'm not going to complain if we are, but that's not like my goal to be like, I'm going to be the biggest, you know, baddest thing ever. I just want to be able to say, hey, I know I've got a service that can help businesses. And I know that I can add value to them. And and this is how I'm doing it. This is how I'm doing it differently than other people that are in my space. So how can you do things differently? What additional services or, or value or benefits can you add to your clients and monetize for you and do it in a way that is going to then add more value to them, to you, and we can all rise together? I love it. I love it, Jill. I, I mean, everything you said. We're coming up on the close, and um, you know I want to turn it over to you. And I love asking this question, and I think you're a great person to ask. If there's one thing that you know that you can leave the audience with, um, whether it's investments or, or, or you know what have you, um, what would that be? Oh man, just one? Like remember that right? we like to talk, talk a lot? Like. <laughs> Um, so you, you can share it, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, all right. One so, thing, one so, one, so I guess my one thing that I want to put out there, it goes along with my, my post actually that I posted this morning. And that was that, you know, what's, what's holding you back? Who is holding you back? And the answer is, is that it's yourself. You are the only one that is holding you back from the next thing that you want to do. Whether that's in your relationships, whether that's with your family, whether that's with your business, your next bright idea. Like stop saying can't and start saying do and try and go and fly and like everything. Like, like stop telling yourself no. Like get all of those negative things out of your head and just keep going. Now, you're probably going to break and you're probably going to fail and you're probably going to fall and all of these, t there's going to be terrible things that happen. You may have to pivot your idea, right? You're like you may have one dream in mind and then you pivot it to another dream, which is totally okay, but keep moving forward and, and let go of the negative things that are in your head. So that, that's, that would be my one thing. That was like seven things. But my like one thing, no, that's one negative. thing. Believe in yourself. <laughs> No, I love it, Jill. I love it. It's, I hope our audience was listening and that they, they, you know, they heard and recognized what you said. You're right. You've got to believe in yourself. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. This is Jill. This was Jill Smith from the Safe One Group. You can follow her um, on LinkedIn. Actually, if you type in the hashtag because Jill said so, uh, it's, it will be trending. It'll pop up and take it right to her page. Again, Jill Smith, the CFO of the Safe One Group, joining the Features Now podcast. Powered by Aurora IT and Anchor Radio. Um, thank, thank everyone so much. Um, we look forward to continue 
uh, this year-long series. Have a great day. Thank you again, Jill, so much for your time. Thank you. To get, to get the information. But yeah, that's the narrative that we all hear, right? 90, we all hear 85% of businesses are going to fail within the first five years. And accounts receivable is a big deal to a lot of businesses, right? Um, building an invoice and making sure you get paid on both large accounts and small accounts. If you, mm-hmm. you, know, that, you know, as a CFO, that's one of the factors we, we look to on business success. How much money does this business have in the bank? How much working capital do they have? So like you said, you are a disruptor. You guys are coming up with a solution to help not only enterprise level businesses, but small businesses make sure that their accounts receivable and their invoices are getting paid. And then, you know, God forbid something does happen and you don't get paid. Well, that's a monster and that's a headache by itself. And that will crush a lot of small businesses in the beginning. When you're shipping and sending things out, you're, you're sending technicians on site, you're paying for all these services, and then, you know, you don't get paid by the client. So what do you do next? And I wanted people to know more about Safon Group and what you guys do because your solution is innovative and it is helping, you know, merge that gap for small businesses so they can compete with enterprise level companies. Well, and, and honestly, I mean, if, if when you think about it, sometimes we've got these, you know, small to medium businesses that are coming in here and, and they do have a great service. They do have a great approach. They, they have a great sales team, whatever this product or, or what's differentiating them in the marketplace, they're really, really good at that. And unfortunately, oftentimes the, the back end, you know, when it comes to the accounts receivable or the accounting or the, you know, how do we ask for money without having somebody be mad at us? Well, guess what? Nobody hires you and then get mad, gets mad when you ask them to pay. Like, that's not a thing. Like, they expect to, to, to pay you. And if for whatever reason they're not, like, let's, let's give them a call. So I will actually work with my clients if they don't currently have an internal, uh, collection process or an internal accounts receivable process um, part of what I do and this is just my like free consultation like I want you to be successful before you need me and I will I will sit down and give recommendations on how they can put together an internal process that they can run and do themselves be successful on their own and then at the point that there are those accounts that go past that process that's why I'm like now let me help you with my services um, but but there's there's so much that they can do just even internally that they're not that that they just don't know about if they haven't done it before and that's kind of the whole part of entrepreneurship right like we're starting in we're doing this and there's all these things we haven't done before but we're like I got it like I can I can Google that in, which they can <laughs> which you can yeah the power of Google the power of the internet right it's at the tips of your fingertips everything you don't know how to do you need to learn how to do and search how to do and I, it's so great that you said you're a serial entrepreneur for I think we spoke about this on the podcast in the past but a lot of successful entrepreneurs it's not your first go around right it's sometimes your second or your third or your fourth you know you got to keep going until you hit and, t- and, and you know you realize okay this is what I'm passionate about this is working I've learned from the last 10 years of making mistakes what to do now and moving forward and part of that really is having your business set up having your accounts receivable you're building an invoice and set up properly aligning yourself with companies so you can become cost effective and you can actually grow and scale um i i know in the beginning we started taking on enterprise level clients and they want to pay you. You made perfect points. You know, you don't take on a client that anticipates you doing something and then says, no, I'm not going to pay. But just how they're billing and invoicing and their accounts receivable is set up. It might take 45, 60 days to get paid from doing business with an enterprise level client. And you'll get walk, you know, lost in the machine if you do not have something that 
gets in contact with the right people and says, hey, you know, the bills do. Um, you may have forgotten about it. And then, you know, that continued hitting them when letting them know. Um, soon, you, you know, we'll report you to the credit agencies. We just want to work it out. And, and like I said, a lot of the time, it's just because you're working with a corporate giant and they don't necessarily, you know, know that your bill is due. So you have to, yeah, you have to navigate that. Well, and part of the navigation is, I mean, if we're going to, stay on this scenario as far as working with a corporate giant first of all is understanding at the get-go what their process is if they have a 45 or 60 day process and that's just the way that they do it then then we can't come in and say well I have to have it in 15 days or I have to have it in 30 or I can't work with you like part of us working with these bigger companies is that we have to understand where they're coming from now if I want to get paid in 60 days every time that they say that well then I'm gonna do everything I can can to make sure that I'm the favorite vendor and the way now when I say I it's like if I was the client mm-hmm. okay so if I'm, if I'm you like everyone I'm listening who's listening you're you're me right now um, but I would actually get a hold of the accounts payable clerk like find out who you need to talk to most of the things are going to be done through email or through some sort of a web portal and upload your invoices and here you go but be friends with the people that are pushing through the paperwork right, right. Like, like make sure they know you are a person and call them and and be kind to them and not even call and say hey where's my check but call and say hey I did this I want to make sure I did everything correct is there anything else I can do that can help you as you're doing your job most of the time the answer is going to be no but you can still just say so where are you from like where are you guys located like how's the weather like do you have any kids like they probably never get like nobody wants to be their friend because they're just in a corner in an office doing like little just plugging away which they probably like don't get me wrong they probably don't want to be talking to people but but still though, their- everybody yeah it, it's good to have that <laughs> human contact human touch like you know i'm you don't want to come off as too you know just conglomerate and enterprises workings you know and you forget about the people and that's one thing i really really like about social media because like you said hit them with the email hit them with the phone call but take it a step further and ask them are you following me on twitter are you following me on linkedin because that way when you share and post content consistently they see who you are they see your brand and hopefully you're sharing something that's you know motivating and inspiring those in the business landscape and then you're you know that's part of those seven touches you know you're you're more than just an accounts receivable invoice or a number on their screen they put a face and a name to that they say okay cool aurora it's or safe funds groups invoices came up um let me pay jill let me pay warren let's go ahead and 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 get this going because i like what they had to say this morning on twitter you know that whole that all plays into it a lot of people in business say oh i don't need social media or you know that why should i put my business on social media but Honestly, in today's landscape, business landscape, you, you want to resonate and touch with not only the potential, you know, consumers or potential end users, but pretty much anybody that, you know, you can get in front of that can learn who you are. You, you want to make sure you're visible to them. No, you're exactly right. I mean, we really need to, to step back and understand that we are nothing but people talking to people. We are always people talking to people. We might have a big contract with a big enterprise company, but everybody behind that enterprise company website, they're all people. And that's, and that's who we're talking to. There's never a time where we are not going to be interacting with people regardless of what our service or product is. I mean, until the, the you know, 
the AI takes over everything and tells us what to do, which I'm hoping is a good 50 years down the road because I no, like talking right to now. people. The future is now, and we are powered by Aurora IT and uh, so trash talk, automation, artificial intelligence, and those things. But it's, but I think that's a good point because that's a common misconception about our artificial intelligence and automation. Um, what it is is we're putting in processes to actually employ more people. We're just having those people work smarter, not harder. And you know, oh, yeah. the, the time it would take a traditional employee to, you know, let's say use Excel and type in numbers the old-fashioned way, that's 40 hours a week. We can automate that service, and then, like you said, have them actually do something hands-on with other people that is going to help build the brand, build the business, and 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 take in more revenue. So I'm glad you put up that point. Um, our, our, another good thing I wanted to discuss is how you're doing the 30 videos a day on on, on LinkedIn. Um, I think that's how you and I connected. I saw the videos and we reached out, you know, link, you know, messages back and forth, and you know, we connected to the podcast. But I, that's so, you know, that's not only social media, but that's also automation. Now they've made the process of sharing what you're doing, you know, having a consistent story every day. So not only the end users, but others can see what you're doing. And that whole back end is automated. But for us, the entrepreneurs, the business owners, it really helps give us a voice and bring a face to the brand. And I really like what you guys are doing on that platform. No, and actually, it's a lot of fun doing the the video. It was one of those like experiment type things where I was like, I bet I can do this. Um, I got kind of crazy and just I started just posting every day. I didn't do the weekends just because the weekends are mine. Um, but re- but after that, I was like, you know what? I, I bet I could put a you know post a little two minute something. Like what what do I have to say? Like what could I say to the world? And honestly, I can only talk about collections for like maybe two posts. And then after that, I have to think of like other stuff to say. But I'm a big fan when it comes to leadership and communication and relationships and understanding how we communicate with people. Also, understanding how we think and how we feel and how how we have control over um, over a whole lot more aspects of our lives than we than we give ourselves credit for. And so a lot of that comes out in, in just the videos that I'm posting. And I think it's more for me, just because I have all of this inside. I I hope it helps people, but if it, even if it doesn't, I'm really happy with just like, all right, this this these are ideas I have in my head, so I'm gonna just say it. And, and put, <laughs> no, it's great. It's put, and put it out there. A lot of people, I think, not a lot, but I would say the majority of people I communicate with when it comes to business are a little bit too much of a perfectionist. They want everything to be perfect before launch. And a lot of times you're going to miss your because everything's not always going to be perfect. There's something that's going to come up that is going to, you know, mess up that process. So you try to put out the best product that you can, but quickly and then move on to the next one. Because social media, like I said, you know, you have a very small window of opportunity, but that that window of opportunity comes around every day. So if you're putting out content, like you said, every day, I take the weekends off as well. I don't I I didn't want to br- brush over that. You have to take time to yourself, especially <laughs> as you know, after your third, fourth, fifth, you know, once you've been doing it a while, you kind of you kind of realize, okay, working sixty hours a week, you know, working to death is not how I'm going to become successful. I need to take time off for myself, for my family. I'm glad you talked about that. That's very important. But back to this original point, you, it's not going to be get your content out there and people will like it or they won't like it but at least you're being visible right well and and it comes down to their 
and I, actually, that's that's kind of what stopped me originally from doing video for uh, several months was that I was like, well, I'm going to need a backdrop, and I'm going to need a light, and I'm going to need a stand to hold my phone, and I'm going to need some sort of software to like edit the picture. So then when I put it up there, it's it's like really quote unquote professional. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until a friend of mine, until I just saw people like video in their car or video from their webcam or video from whatever, and I was like, well, these people are putting out videos, and they're totally fine with it, and a girlfriend of mine basically said she's like it it doesn't matter how professional it is because people relate with people in fact you're probably more relatable if you're doing the video in your car or the video from your webcam versus the professional here you go background you know what i mean like like suddenly you're uh, not that not that professional yeah. videos aren't bad but now you're more of a a uh how do I put this? You're, you're selling something. Or you're you're selling. Mean? You're a marketer. If you pay a production company to run your, you know, your quick snippet, your, your snaps or whatever, if you're hiring a production company on the back end and you're not in some sort of music, fashion, uh, entertainment type of industry, uh, that comes off as, you know, corny or whatever. So I like That's that. That's coming as marketing. Yeah, which is okay. Well, yeah. like, there's a place for that. But like, if you want to be real and you want to connect with people and you want people to, to really see you as a person, then yeah, like, there was one time after it was like a Wednesday morning, and I remember because I don't usually run on Wednesday on more in the morning, but um, right after my run, I was like, "Man, I have this great idea," and it's like just churning in my head. And I just sat down in the backyard. I literally just picked my phone up and did a one take. Here you go, and then I and then I just uploaded it, and I was like, "Wow, I I didn't have makeup on. I just ran. I was all sweaty. I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no." No, like <laughs> I didn't think that. No, I think a lot of us can relate. That's a you know, uh, people are, are you know iffy when it comes to social media, but with the new apps where you can you know make your phone stable, you can have good lighting, you can have the you can upload it to LinkedIn. You know, they do the editing, they make sure that the sound and audio is great. I mean, even Anchor, that's a great app that we're using that has allowed us to just you know disseminate a podcast to multiple streaming platforms via my iPhone. So you definitely have to, you know, work with the tools that that are, but you also have to actually use them and put out content. That's what we're all trying to build here is to continue to put out content, continue to get your message across, and hopefully that resonates and and you know, you 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 see who your niche market is. A lot of people are going to like you and some people aren't, but the people that are going to like you are going to do you know are going to be your bread and butter so you just I, I really try to preach you know keep using social media keep trying keep being active keep putting out content if it, it's not always going to hit but the, you know when it does hit it's going to pay off and they can go back and look at all the stuff you've done in the past and those will catch and get those numbers up um well, as we continue kind of down this, as far as the just keep going, kept, just keep trying, when we think of personal development or any any aspect of our life, whenever we say we can't do it, we'll always be correct, right? Like, like I don't know who, some, some famous person who quoted, who made that, some sort of a quote, but when you say, I can't, and then fill in the blank, you will be correct. You'll be a correct 100% of the time, and you'll be happy because you're correct. Does that make sense? Like, yes, we like being right. We are humans. We always like being right. So every time we say, I can't, and whatever that happens to be, you'll be 100% correct because you won't do it. You won't try. And so it, you kind of need to, to take that out. And and maybe maybe it's hard. Say, well, that's hard to do. Well, that's different than I can't because we can do hard things, right? I mean, right. don't we tell we, you know, I mean, I tell my kids that all the time. Like, you can do hard things. Like, it's hard, but you can do it. You can do it. Yeah. I, I think one of my, like, 
motivational quotes or something that really, really sticks with me is Muhammad Ali's quote, impossible is nothing, right? It goes along those same lines. Don't say you can't. Like even saying that, you know, this is hard, this is difficult, this is impossible. Well, impossible is nothing. Um, you can, you know, you can achieve the impossible if you try. If you work and try every day consistently, the impossible will become possible because impossible is just a series of, you know, a lot of difficult steps over and over again consistently. And then that's how you reach the impossible state. So I, I really love what you just said. Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, it was impossible to, you know, put a man on the moon until we a whole bunch of people did it, right? <laughs> it was impossible to. Well, no, no, I mean, let's let's go back. Like, it was impossible to fly fly a plane all the way around the the world until somebody did it. It was impossible to swim the um, the Atlantic Ocean, right? Until somebody did it. So, so impossible is exactly that. Until someone decides, if someone decides to stop saying can't and decides to do it exactly yes exactly then you're impossible right your impossible dream you know becomes a reality um so i i think that's important um to, to be honest but let's jump back on this linkedin thing real quick and then we can um, shift gears i just wanted to speak to it because they made it you know linkedin teamed up with microsoft they made a really big push to help get video content out and i know like i kind of um said about the production company or whatever but what i was trying to like really emphasize on is that using linkedin a social media platform to distribute your message to a wide audience and 2018 is how you're going to compete with people that have the budget to market and pay production companies and have you know video content on traditional media sites in order to compete with those guys LinkedIn and other platforms have said, hey, use your phone, use your voice, right? And because you can say a lot more in, you know, a two minute conversation or hour long conversation than you can typing up a website or making a white paper or, you know, having an email blast or having a newsletter or blog. All those things are great. But why not do two minutes and put it out there, right? Why not just add a little icing on the cake? You built all these great backend tools, right? You have all this, you have a great team behind you, all that stuff. Um, just take it up a step, you know, one one step. And like you said, eat, you know, you were after a run, no makeup on in your backyard, but something, you know, it's like, okay, cool. I got this idea. Let's just get it off. And you get that idea off and other people will see that and hopefully you inspire and motivate that person to start a business or that person to actually say okay cool i can make my project happen because there's this you know this whole group of people that are doing it and they've overcome that fear of putting themselves out there and um you know some people are gonna like it and some people aren't but at least you put it out there and i mean you did see you you did say some people will like it and some people won't and and I think that if we kind of get past the well, what if what ha, what about the people that don't like it, right? Like, what about them? How do I, what what do I do? And the thing is, though, is that the people that don't like what we put out, how much do I care if somebody doesn't like somebody I don't know doesn't like my video and tells me right and says, yeah, wow, that's the thing, yeah. and I'm like, no. First of all, first of all. It's your LinkedIn. If you don't like a comment, you have total freedom to be like, I don't think I want that there. You can totally delete it. Or, that, I mean, that's one option. That's the other option. thing, right? The other thing is that you can engage with that person and say, well, what didn't you like? Or what should, you know, I mean, what do you want to hear? Like, what, what do you want to see? I've done that. I, social yeah. engagement, that was the next, I'm so glad you, you touched on that. 
social media engagement is key engage with your haters engage with your fans because like you said ask them like oh you don't like my video just why not right and see if they'll because then you might turn that hater into a fan because they they might have not understood your original message and you know you may have been lost in translation so yeah ask them engage with your audience engage with the people that may or may not like your video and uh because i used to be you know a little bit self-conscious when i put out content and i got you know negative feedback or if i got the only comments on my posts were negative posts right that really upset you like you you know that you, you try not to let that you know get under your skin as they say but then i really just started to embrace it right because it was like okay this person obviously likes something about my video but also doesn't like something because you know he he he, he or she sees something that they disagree with or that you know they would do differently so they're gonna leave their two cents on my page okay i embrace that right because that means that you low-key really like what i have to say you just don't like my presentation or maybe you don't like that it's coming from me so let's talk about that right let's focus on that for for a second i'll give you a quick comment it's always going to be positive and see if i can draw you in but if not the everybody else that's reading my feed and you know reading the the views and all that they they see that okay he's not going to quit somebody on some troll as they say is not going to deter him from keep trying and keep putting out content no, no, that that makes sense. It's funny that you you say negative comments. Um, there was a there was a post last week, and somebody had made a comment about how much they hate the videos that are in the cars, like like people doing videos in the cars. And I laughed at him because I was like, either he's never done a video, <laughs> or he doesn't have children, because the car is the quietest place for me to make a video. <laughs> I think the, the audio, the audio is good. Like, and you can drive to do something. Like, so there's this like um, a lot of people don't know. We also work with a lot of musicians at Aurora IT, and um, like this really popular musician. She's up and coming. Her name is Sweetie. Um, she's a female rapping rapper from California. She started off doing her freestyle raps in the car, just like the LinkedIn videos. But that was her niche, right? She found her pocket on how to actually get people to to see her content. And it was because she was like, okay, um, there's not a lot of female rappers out here that are actually putting out the videos. So she would do the freestyles in her car like every day, right? And she grew, you know, grew her fan base and grew her audience. Um, and then she was able to, you know, link up with some good companies to do branding and, you know, promote her albums and all that great stuff. Um, but it was because she did the videos in the car. So when I hear that, like, oh, that's not, you know, professional or, or whatever, I just, I see people that don't fully understand social media, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I see people that are just like, wow, I can't even believe that. Now, I don't have all this stuff to like, you know, I when I do it in my car, I'm just parked. I just need a quiet space. You know what I mean? Like the, the acoustics are really good in there. I don't have any screaming, anybody, phones ringing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's quiet. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. I, do. I, mean, I, I know a little bit more about you than, than our audience, but uh, you do have, you know, children and a family and... Um, a busy you know household a large household so yeah getting in the car having your alone time your quiet space um and you know it, it allows you to put out the content um but, but, but like i said uh you, you know i don't focus on the negative parts of it because there's a lot of people that are doing successful that have started uh like they say from the bottom and then they use social media and they use that hard work and consistent effort to actually accomplish what it is that they're trying to accomplish um the reason why i want to you know speak to these subjects and, and get it out there is because sometimes you do get you know lost in the sauce 
kind of say or you look to these people in the media as some huge you know thing that you'll never be able to reach what they have oh i read about them in inc.com so you know they must be successful but let's talk about that and work with companies to show you like okay you want to be an ink.com this is how you do it um and this is the narrative and this is how much it costs and you know you will also be seen by these people and that's because you're using social media people don't realize that but all of these things are due to social media so let's not discourage the people that are winning let's encourage everybody to start winning right um right well i look at it and part of so so if somebody if we have listeners that aren't actively engaged on social media sometimes it's overwhelming because there's so many platforms there's so many ways to get your message out there and you feel like if you're going to spend time on all of these platforms then when are you ever going to like run your business so i mean we are talking about you know technology and, and automation we i think i need to mention or we need to mention that there are tools out there in which you can engage with all of your social networks and all of your media in one place i mean you've heard of you've heard of um websites or, or software systems like Hootsuite and different places that are going to let you manage all of your social media in one place. So you're not going all over. You're not having to to tweet and then go to Instagram and then go and put something on Pinterest and then go to LinkedIn and then go to Facebook. I mean, if we were logging in and out of everything, first of all, on our phones, let alone, you know, sitting and, and doing it at our desks, we would be spending all our time doing that. And there is automation out there to make your you know as you're putting your voice out there making it easier making it easier to get out there and distribute your message or whatever it is that you're saying without spending all of your time on these social networks um, now it's important to get on these networks and interact with the people that are around you but you also have your job to do right like we all have to, to help the clients and help the people that we have um, you know I mean the whole purpose of our business but that use these tools. Now I say Hootsuite. I, I'm not. I actually just use their free version because that's all I need. I know there's a lot of other businesses that are very similar to that, or websites that are very similar to that. I just don't know any of their names. So do you know any others? I don't want to just like no, you know. No, Ho- okay. Hootsuite. <laughs> I like them. I like them. They do like make social media engagement, um, you know, simpler and like you said, automation. And and that's a trick, right? You gave away some some, some trade secrets. A lot of stuff that we pay for, you know, I'm using air quotes. It's free services that we've linked up with other companies so Hootsuite's good I use okay so Aurora IT uses a company called Ziff Solutions and what they do is help um, our brand distribute social media content to every platform using automation so what I'll do in the beginning of the month is I'll link up with Ziff Solutions and like a couple other ones that I use but I really want to plug Ziff so you know I'll link up with Ziff Solutions I'll do my 30-day campaign and I'll say, okay, we're going to do Facebook, um, LinkedIn, and Twitter for whatever technology uh, thing that we're reselling that month or whatever is going to be good to help businesses out. Uh, I think right now we're doing a big push for IBM solutions. So I'll go on there. I'll go on Zip. I'll plan out the next 30 days right at the beginning of the month for all three platforms, Instagram, or no, all three platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And then I'll hit send and I won't look at it. I won't touch it. It won't even be on my mind because then you're, you're just seeing my content hit every day 
on those platforms every yep, day. You schedule, you schedule it all out. You schedule it all out. You're not on it every day, and, and it's perfect. I love those things. So, yeah, and then that way, you're like you said, you're only dealing with engagement. You'll get the notifications on your phone when people engage. And then another good thing about Zip is you have all the analytics behind it, which is going to help you build a better market, you know, and, and help really find who your audience is, who your end users are. I really like that. Um, there's some really great tools I can recommend for Instagram as far as like social media automation. Um, a, a really big com- another company that I think people aren't really t- paying enough attention to right now and using to help automate their business is Dropbox. Dropbox is great. Um, a, lo- a lot of things. There's a lot of tools out there to be honest. If I keep going down the list, Anchor is one of them. When we first started the Future Is Now podcast, you know we would have to you know edit all those things, all the post-production things would have to get done and then we would need to upload it to each separate streaming platform apple music title spotify um you know podcast.com uh pocket casts uh all, all the all these other ones and then you know we linked up with anchor and now that we've been able to distribute much simpler just using automation after i'm done i'm gonna hit send and it's gonna go through the process and next thing you know i'll get the notification hey you're streaming on title and hey you're streaming on spotify you know you're on apple music now because we do have a business to run we do have clients to help cfo to cfo we're all about the numbers so <laughs> i don't want don't to spend, i don't want to spend 16 hours a day scrolling through facebook no i want to automate this entire process uh, as quickly and as cost effectively as possible while simultaneously making good content and it's definitely possible um for sure uh we have a commercial break coming up uh at the 40 minute mark um Okay. You know, so if we cut out or, or whatever, it's no big deal. You'll, I'll definitely. So I, so I shouldn't hang up. No, no, don't, no, you'll, I'll, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll call right back. But, That'll be awesome. So I'm going to turn it over to Jill. What are your thoughts about that? Because like you said, you're using automation tools to help put out your stuff. And a lot of them are free tools. So I'm I'm a big fan of the, the businesses that, that we've I've started and run and kind of put together. I'm a big fan of figuring out how to do things better, faster, cheaper, right? Like that's the way I can maximize my dollar is that if my team and I can figure out a process, and, I mean, whatever it is, if it's a manual process, that's great. Let's figure out how to do that process faster, right? If it's if I can automate anything, anything that I that is currently being done in my business, if I can figure out a way to automate it or even semi-automate it. Sometimes it's like a. I remember at one point in one of my businesses, I had I, in order to bill my clients, I had to put everything into a spreadsheet, and I manually had to type everything into the spreadsheet. And to do billing was like an all-day thing. Like literally, it took me all day. Sometimes. Two Two days to just get make sure I had all the right information into the spreadsheet so that I could you know put it all into my billing software and it wasn't until it was like well this information is coming from a system and now it's being you know put over here and it was like can I get this spreadsheet like I need this I, I went to the, the business I was using and I was like this is a tool this is something I need from you and I need it to, to give me this report or whatever it is that I need it and they were like, oh, yeah, that's not a problem. And I kicked myself that I had been doing it manually for how many months, almost probably a, more than a year, wasting my time when I should have just gone to them and said, I need this. You know what I mean? Like, this is a, like, here's a company that I'm using, that I'm paying, and they don't, they don't currently give me this report, but I'm like, well, I guess I don't have it. No, no, I should have asked them, I need this. Because they're more, the, the information's in there. They're more than willing to say, oh, yeah, here you go, clickety-click. How about we email this to you at the end of the month, and you just have it in an email? And I was like, that's even better. I don't even have to click a button. I just get an email every month 
here's what you need. And it saved, it saved, I mean, now instead of spending two days to do this process, right, it took me an hour, right? Like I was reviewing everything. I was kind of making sure that there was, you know, everybody's happy because clients get mad if you bill them and they're not supposed to get billed. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to see an invoice pop up, an unexpected invoice, like, oh, no, I thought I took care and of it. And they're like, I thought you said we weren't going to get billed for that. And I'm like, yeah, I did. And then I billed you anyways. I'm so sorry. Let me think but um, but no, and so it's it's one of those things to where I I'm always constantly looking for ways to improve. Even once I have a system in place and everything, like hey, this is the way we do it, and this is great. If there is an idea or a way to make it even a little bit better, I I want to consider it. I want to look into it. So the social media thing that we I mean, as far as us talking about social media and getting our names out there and kind of becoming becoming the expert in our field. Sometimes the expert in your field doesn't mean you're the expert in your field. And I'm going to say that in air quotes because if you are, um, let me just, for me, let me say that, collections, right? Guess what? Collections is not new. Collections is not sexy, right? right. I mean, like, it's not. Like, I mean, even if I had this really pretty girl and she was like, and she's, you know, scantily clad, like collections, like everyone's going to be like, what? <laughs> I would never do that because I think that's terrible marketing. But um, <laughs> yeah, even if you did, right? Like hypothetical situation. Right? Like it's still it's it's not going to be the it, you know I'm not going to be the professional in my field if I'm just like ooh let me talk about collections all the time. But I also am really passionate, like I said earlier, about leadership, about personal development, about you know becoming our better selves. Now, does that have a lot to do with collections? Well, I mean, yes and no. Like, collections is nothing but communication, right? Like, mm -hmm. when we're working with our clients, we're trying to help them get paid. When we have to talk to their debtors, we're talking to them. We're communicating with them. We're using these these soft skills, again, in air quotes, to try to make something happen and persuade somebody to do something. So, in a sense, yes, that is what that is my profession. That is what I do. I'm all about like getting out there and just helping people commute communicate better with each other but um but it you know what i mean it's it's it comes down to um just just getting out there what what are you good at and it might not be it might not be your career but what you're good at will help enhance your career and your job and your business yeah and what you're passionate no, perfect those are great points i, I agree with you 100 percent. and you know what you're passionate about why you do what you do that's the story that we need to get out right people are not buying brands people are not buying products or services they're buying the story and that's a continued narrative that we're going to push uh throughout the, the futures now podcast because telling that story why you do what you do, why you wake up in the morning and work so hard, why you stay up late, you know, why we find how to use automation in our businesses so we can move on and do the next thing, you know, to build a better brand, to build a better business uh, and to grow. Uh, those are all you got to share that passion. What motivates you for you? Like you said, it's, it's motivating others and helping others become stronger, better leaders, helping others, you know, reach out and work not only with their family but the community on how to build a better future for you know for what we're trying to do and i love all of that um i love all of that all right we're gonna, we're gonna it's like you know the, the break is coming up and um, i'm gonna give you a call right back after, after the commercial break perfect